0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Amy Ward Bremer, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and in Newtown, Pennsylvania. She's been teaching for over 15 years, and we're going to and she works with a wide variety of students, and we're going to talk today about constructive rest. Which is um, a process used by a great many Alexander Technique teachers. Uh, Amy, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Robert. Glad to be here.
0: So, um, maybe it would be good if you could give us a very short, very short uh, description of the Alexander Technique itself in case some of our listeners aren't familiar with it.
1: Sure. Uh, The Alexander Technique is a method for learning to move mindfully through your life. Um, And by that I mean you, uh, through lessons in Alexander Technique, you really learn to identify your habits of interference with your um, own innate poise and balance and optimal functioning. Um, And by doing so, you gain uh, the skills to make conscious choices that actually serve you better. It's sort of about learning how you do what you do uh, so that your range of options really widens and uh, people find it really helpful for um, dealing with chronic pain like back and neck and shoulder pain but it's also great for anybody who just wants to live with more ease and well-being in their lives.
0: So, uh, in a typical Alexander lesson, often there is a period of what's called table work where the student is lying down in, in a position that's sometimes called the Alexander lying down position, sometimes constructive rest. Uh, what's your, how do you see constructive rest fitting into what you just said about the Alexander technique?
1: Well... It's the only homework I ever give my students other than, you know, whatever they pick up during the lesson to work on. Um, It's something that, it's a discipline that I think everybody can um, get value from because it's a way of stopping what you do and noticing um, without needing to negotiate with gravity. That's how I think of it. So Mm -hmm. what it entails is lying on your back with some support under your head and and traditionally, your feet flat on the floor and your knees up, although some people find it easier, especially in the beginning, to uh, put a bolster or roll something up and put it under their knees. Um, but essentially what you're doing is allowing yourself to experience releasing held tension in your body um, against the floor or a table if you're you know, in a studio. Um, and it's a way of consciously... Uh, noticing where you're holding that you can feel in a way um, more accurately sometimes when you're lying down than when you're standing or sitting or in an upright position. It's not the same, I just want to say, it's not the same as um, conscious relaxation, say, at the end of a yoga class. A lot of yoga classes end with uh, savasana, which is the you know corpse pose where you're just all about completely relaxing everything. Constructive rest is a little different than that um, in that you're continuing to be very awake and aware of uh, where those pockets of held tension are. And using um, some Alexander directions and some conscious releasing, you're noticing and allowing your body to restore itself. Um, I often tell students that You know, when they're on the table, especially in the early lessons, I often say, well, you know, I could leave and come back in 20 minutes and your spine would be longer than when I when you first laid here. You don't really need me for that because the spine does in its own way. The body will restore its length and width just because you are lying down. But when you add the power of thought and conscious awareness to that process, you begin to notice um, a little deeper, more. Um, thorough kind of restoration that happens in the body. You know, even if you used yourself perfectly in life, constructive rest would be helpful because especially the big back and neck and shoulder muscles, they need a break. So this gives them a break.
0: I, I I would say that constructive rest is useful for just about anyone, whether they've been teaching for dozens of years, uh, teaching the Alexander Technique for dozens of years, or have never had a lesson, even. That just the, the, you might say, the biomechanics of that position encourages uh, release in your spine and in your whole body. And I think you can benefit quite a bit just by uh, placing yourself in that position and hanging out there for 10 or 15 minutes.
1: That's right. And the, and the other thing that I, I notice, um, I think we all notice is the workings of the mind in that, uh, position too, because you've slowed down so much that you begin to notice, you know, I have often have students say, well, I I didn't really know what to do once I got there. Mm -hmm. And they began to notice how the mind just sort of can go off on its own and, and, um, that there's actually nothing to do in that position and, um, how different that is from the rest of any other activities during the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I personally, um, try to do this when I'm feeling, um, confused or unclear, or, um, I need to make a decision about something, or I, am in the middle of writing something and I can't figure out what comes next. Um, it's great to stop what you're doing, say, at the computer And take five or ten minutes and get yourself into constructive rest and let everything settle. um, So that emotionally, mentally, things begin to settle as well. And I often get some of my best ideas when I'm lying in constructive rest.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's a lot to be said for putting yourself in a situation where it's clear, absolutely clear to you, that there is nothing you have to do. I, I tend to use the modified version of constructive rest. I, I put a bolster under my students' knees so that there is literally nothing they have to do to be there mm-hmm. except hopefully continue breathing and so on. But um, And to be consciously aware that there's nothing you need to do is... Um, I, I guess I tend to think of it as an opportunity to recalibrate what zero is most people when they think they're well Ale- Alexander the developer of, uh, developer developer of our work said most people when they think they're thinking they're doing and when they think they're doing they're overdoing and yes. I think most people when they think they're say lying down to go to sleep they might think they're not doing anything, but in fact, they might be doing an amazing amount of stuff. Most, of, most or probably all of it pretty, pretty harmful to them. So here's an opportunity to consciously p- put yourself in that situation and begin to monitor it. And if you're taking Alexander lessons, you'll have some tools to uh, encourage further release. But even if you're not taking lessons, I think you'll get some huge benefits from, from doing it.
1: Oh, it definitely has um, a whole bunch of benefits. And as you said, I, I, I really like that phrase, recalibrate to zero. It's really like hitting the reset button. Yes,
0: yes um, it is.
1: It's such a gift to yourself. And um, one of my favorite way. a lot of people have trouble sleeping at night. As you, I was just thinking of this as you were talking about, you know, you lie down and you think you're not doing something, but you're doing quite a bit. And, and folks who have insomnia problems... Um, have found a lot of help by starting out on the floor in constructive rest before they get into bed to go to mm-hmm. sleep. Mm-hmm. I've, I've um, anecdotally, um, almost everybody I've worked with who's had sleep problems have, have found that to be very helpful to take 10 minutes sort of pre sleep to recalibrate to zero, as you say. And then the body that you're taking to bed um, has a lot less tension and a lot less work going on. It's and kind of pre
0: pre-primed for um, not doing extra stuff.
1: Exactly. Um, and it can be, you know, it's a little funny um, to do it maybe during the workday. but if you have an office that you can close the door on and people wouldn't be bothered by you lying on the floor in your office and you wouldn't be disturbed, um, it can be a great lunchtime or midday kind of restoration activity. Um, a, a lot of people sort of resist that because it, our culture doesn't really support that kind of thing. But uh, but if you have the opportunity to do it during your workday, um, I would encourage people to experiment with it and see how they feel. Um, you know, what difference w- might that make in your you know productivity for example.
0: Mm-hmm. I do think that there's a growing awareness uh, of the value of naps at work. I, I noticed that some companies now actually enc- encourage their employees to take short nap breaks and I, I totally think that's a great idea but you could substitute constructive rest and uh, you might find the benefits even greater.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to, to see <laughs> what people... Um, you know, it's, it's a great way to experiment without, um, without doing.
0: Yeah, there's really nothing you have to do. And for a lot of people, uh, that's a weird situation to, to find themselves in. Because in our society, everyone's doing, doing, doing all the time. And of course, they're mostly overdoing. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, many, many people report to me when they first start doing constructive rest, um, feeling really anxious.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, well, you know, the one thing that they notice along with other tension that they didn't know they were holding is how much anxiety it brings up to not be doing something. Right. right. And that's really important to to recognize and see um, how controlled we are by the thought that we must always be doing
0: something. Right, right. Uh, is there anything else you want to say? We, by the way, we will be putting a link to a page that has a lot more information about constructive rest and a lot of illustrations of it so that you, if you want to uh, learn more about the details, like how much of, how many bo- how much of support to put under your head, um, what kind of surface to use, so on, that will all be outlined on that page. Do you have any other thoughts before we come to an end?
1: Well, um, just that I recently, I think through your blog, discovered how this started, and I never knew that it started because during training um, with F.M. Alexander, his um, teachers would lie down and have a rest after working with him, and he discovered that this was happening, I guess, and... Um, Had some of his trainees go and continue to work with them even while they were lying on this, you know, sofa in his outer room or something. And so it just I just found that to be such a great um, example of Alexander thinking in the sense that even when you think, as you said, you're not doing anything, Alexander realized that even in their rest, people were working. And he immediately found a solution to, great, you're in rest. We can still be deepening our sense of ourselves and our freedom of of movement even in rest. So um, it's certainly a big part of the Alexander tradition um, in the sense that it's it's maybe the most powerful non-doing tool we have to offer.
0: I think that's true. And I think sometimes students uh, think, well... uh, when you say, "Hey, maybe you should spend 10 or 15 minutes at home doing this," they think, "This is this is not doing anything. Why should I waste my time?" Uh, but in fact, it's a very, very powerful method of working on yourself by not working, basically. You're yeah, right. and I would
1: I would challenge anyone who feels that it's pointless or not doing anything um, to test that theory. Do it on mm-hmm. a daily basis and find out. Find mm-hmm. out if it's actually not doing anything for you because I've actually never met anyone who um, did this consistently who didn't find it to be of great benefit. So, you know, it could be true that for some people it's not doing anything, but I would really like to – Have that person then test that and find out if that's true. And and that
0: would go both for people who are studying the technique and for someone listening who's never had a lesson. uh, Commit to perhaps, oh, I don't know, a couple of weeks every day, 10 or 15 minutes, even if it seems crazy, and just do it. And then at the end of that two-week period, see see if there have been any changes in your life. You might be astonished.
1: Really, take the time you've taken yeah. to listen to this podcast and use it for constructive rest. Listen to the,
0: listen to podcasts while you're in constructive you, rest. There you there go. There actually, yes, there's there are a enough great- podcasts that'll take you through a good part of a year right now. So, yeah, you don't. Know, you could be listening to the radio or listening to music. Probably best not to ha- uh, try to be watching TV or something like that. But yeah. Okay, we, any, maybe we should end on on that note. Um, my my guest has been Amy Ward Brimmer, an Alexander teacher technique teacher in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Newtown, Pennsylvania. If anything uh, about this has uh, drawn your interest in taking lessons uh, in the technique, uh, contact Amy. We'll put a link to her site by the interview. And if you live anywhere else uh, in the world, outside of Philadelphia, Philadelphia area, we'll put a link to a site where you can find a teacher wherever you are. Amy, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: It's been a great pleasure. Thanks, Robert.